to, to me, it's still amazing to be involved with something that's grown from the ground and it's come from the earth and can be different and change with the seasons or the, the um, weather of, of that particular time and, and speaking. It just gives you something from where it's from. This is The Producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. In 2006, Michelle Morgan and her husband, Dean, founded Zococo with a shared vision to create artisan chocolate with natural flavours that showcased their origin, retained their natural flavours and seasonal characteristics. Since then, they've created one of the world's most unique premium chocolates that is truly bean to bar. I'm Michelle Morgan and I run a bean to bar chocolate factory uh, with my husband and it's called Zococo. It's located at Emu Heights at the foot of the Blue Mountains um, and it's located, we've chose to locate here um, because we don't live far away. We, we've always wanted to live in the, the Blue Mountains and raise our kids in this area um, but we're still quite close, relatively close to Sydney my previous life, <laughs> I was actually an architect. I was a landscape architect. So I, you know, um, did all the things and studied design. And But I had always have had a, a love of plants and nature and growing of things. And I think um, when I think about it now, a lot of the things I learnt before I bring into the business now. After a trip to explore coffee plantations at their origin, Michelle discovered cocoa and her mind started racing with potential. Back in, I think, 2004, um, we were travelling in Central America. My husband was was and still is a coffee roaster so we we're on search in search of green coffee over there and um, we just uh, have wanted to um, go visit some coffee farms and I was I said oh this was like back before you booked everything on your phone <laughs> I was had the Lonely Planet guide out and I read about this place in Costa Rica that was a sloth sanctuary and I said, I really want to go there. So we made our way over on the Caribbean coast of Costa Rica and we, we stayed at the sloth sanctuary. We actually got to, to touch and hold a, a sloth, which was just incredible. Um, but it was there that outside, like outside the building and just on the side of the road and nearly everywhere you looked, there was cacao growing, just wild, just everywhere and I was like wow look at these pods and I was like, breaking them open and getting the seeds out and I was like oh this is this is the thing that becomes chocolate how cool is that and I was just like this is the thing you gotta roast them kind of like coffee but different and I was just like you know what let's have a chocolate factory so that was my moment of madness and inspiration um where it all sort of started not knowing really what lay ahead um but yeah that's that's where it began sourcing was just the tip of the iceberg for chocolate production as michelle soon discovered oh i guess it was just really hard slog in terms of finding the equipment that we needed um i actually went overseas to, to learn about making chocolate because there was nowhere in Australia you could learn about manufacturing chocolate. You could do a chocolatier course and working with chocolate, but it was quite different to actually making it. So it was tracking down equipment that we could put together to make a very small scale chocolate line that wasn't massive industrial 
equipment um, that was just out of our world, basically, or was really old and vintage and whether it would actually work and things like that. So we we did get a couple of really amazing pieces. There was a um, we have a vintage Bath Sirocco roaster that's designed for cacao, um, and we got that and had that all refurbished and painted, and we have that on display in our factory, and we use it. Um, and then we also got a um, a Mollinger, which I always wanted a stone mill, granite stone mill Mollinger. We found one that was in Russia, and it was over 100 years old. Uh, it was still in use, so that was that was cool. But then when I I went to do the the transfer to pay these people we didn't know for for the equipment, our bank said to me. Um, there's only two countries in the world where we recommend you never send any money and Russia is one of them. <laughs> Do you want to continue? And I was like, oh, no. Um, and I said, yes, <laughs> freaking out the whole time. Um, but, no, they, they were true to their word and they sent it over. We, it was actually 40, 40 millimetres too big to fit inside a container, so it had to come at exposed like out on a rack thing on the on a ship and so when it arrived to us it actually had seawater in it um but we we cleaned it all up and we repainted it refurbished it and and we have it now and i call it my five and a half ton baby as michelle explains starting a small business is full of bumps in the road some bigger than others oh the challenges um so many challenges (laughs) And it sounds like such a nice idea and so many people say to me, oh, I'd love to make chocolate. I'm like, oh, really? I mean, it is it is very rewarding when you actually finish with a product that actually speaks about through the actual natural flavours that are in the bean and then it comes through and that's just like a wow moment. And when people say to you, oh, I can't go back to the supermarket stuff because I've... Um, I've tasted your chocolate. I just can't buy anything else anymore. So that's really lovely. Um, but the, I guess, yeah, in the trials and tribulations side of things, we at one stage we actually saw that documentary, uh, Willie's Cacao, and <laughs> we laughed and then we actually cried because so many of the painful things that he went through it was like we we knew that pain <laughs> so well. <laughs> you know, it's difficult when we spoke to. Um, like brokers or traders who would actually, say, be bringing coffee beans into Australia and potentially bring cacao in for us. They were like, minimum two containers. I'm like, what? No, we just need a couple of bags. So it's like there was that's a whole sort of another journey of going overseas and making connections with growers and then being able to work with them longer term to help improve their product and um, making sure that, yeah, we knew all about um, where we were sourcing from, so very ethically um, driven about what we want to do and knowing um, all about the people who, who are involved in our chain. So um, I guess that was the big challenge, actually. So my husband, Dean, went to Bolivia. Um, I had to stay home and mind the, the small kitties. <laughs> and, um, yeah, sort of built it up slowly that way and then I guess uh the triumph would be like a couple of years in and we we did actually win some international awards and and local recognition as well and that was very I guess kind of reinforcing of that yeah we are on the right track the chocolate making process has many steps along the way all vital 
for the end product. As I mentioned, we've got to go and uh, work with the growers at Origin and really understand their fermentation and drying process, what's happening to the beans, so that we know what they've done to it and and the story of the the bean. Um, And that's something that changes with each vintage, basically, each harvest. Um, And then we have to get that to Australia, import that, and then we so they arrive in 60 kilo sacks generally, sometimes 30, um, in like a grain pro or hessian, hessian sack. Um, and then from there we whole bean roast, so Dean will roast those. And I, I feel very strongly that his experience and expertise in roasting coffee, he brings that to the the art and craft of roasting cacao. Um, they are they're different, but there are some similarities as well. And it's the understanding of the bean and the process of what's happening while you're roasting rather than just cooking something. It's it's a it is um, there's an art and a science to it. So um, we yeah he will roast the beans um, in the Bath Sirocco roaster. Um, we have that up on a on the first floor level in our factory, so that once they come out of there, they drop down through a hole in the floor basically into the room below, uh, which has the winnower in it. And so the winnower is the machine that will gently crack the beans and then um, has a process by which the the shell is removed, um, a, a separation of the shell, and then crushing them just sort of slightly so that what comes out of that machine is your cocoa nib. Um, so the small pieces which you're familiar with. Um, from there, we take the nibs and we will either put them into Molly, my five-and-a-half-ton Mollinger, <laughs> or we are able to um, – it's it's a very slow process. And um, then if, if we don't use that, because it's really more of a display, but it's a, a very lovely display, <laughs> um, the beans will go into a um, – initial uh, refiner so it's a three-roll refiner which they just go through for an initial crush and it comes out of that machine looking like kind of like the chocolate bar called flake Um, it looks like does not taste like that (laughs) so you can have some fun with people try this and it's like (laughs) it's intense Um, and then from there we'll we'll, um, take that and put that into a one of our refiners. We have a 45 kilo refiner and a 500 kilo refiner. Um, and then we'll add, once it's in there, it's a, uh, it's like a, uh, a universal refiner, which has a, like, uh, how to explain it. It's kind of like a cylinder that has then, um, a core of metal bars that scrape around and apply pressure to the product and then that reduces the particle size. Um, and by doing that, you're going to get a nice smooth chocolate. Um, also at this stage is the conching process. So we'll be um, adjusting the fan. So we're removing air across the product as well. So that actually removes some of the volatiles at that stage. We'll add in our organic sugar and then extra organic cocoa butter um, that we need to get the viscosity that we're looking for. And from there, it'll come out of that, that machine and then go into a holding tank. And then from there, 
pumped into a tempering unit and then from there into a moulding line, <laughs> which will then deposit the chocolate into the moulds that we've polished by hand <laughs> and then um, goes through and then they have to go into a cooling tunnel, which you have a – it's kind of in a vertical shape though. It's sort of like a giant fridge, I guess you'd say. Um, and they go into there and then when they come out, we demould them and then we, we wrap them and pack them into their envelopes and – apply the stickers by hand and um, have then finally a finished product. So it, that can be like from a three to five day process depending on how long we want to conch for um, and then just if it's a really big batch, obviously it's going to take longer to do any of those steps, um, particularly like then the moulding and then the packing, you know, um, that's just quite labour intensive so it takes longer as well. Michelle's commitment has resulted in small batch, unique, premium chocolate. First and foremost, probably the biggest thing is perhaps the cocoa content that you'll see in chocolate um, and compared to say supermarket or commercial like industrial type chocolate often have some additives that um, may have yeah, other things in it to help it run fast, like melt and behave in a different way. Um, and then just in terms of anything extra going in, yeah, we, we source everything that we can locally. So if we have inclusions, uh, we'll be using um, uh, things that are Australian everywhere we can. So, yeah, I think overall it's just probably also a time thing. We're not doing those big industrial chocolate manufacturers will be like doing tons per hour <laughs> you know and for us we'll take 45 kilos could take a couple of days to um to go from go to woe so yeah it's just a totally different scale and I guess it's just coming back to thinking about okay what's what's a real um I guess perhaps the way that's sort of like how was cheese used to be made and going back to an authentic and almost like a slow food approach to doing something as opposed to something that's highly industrialised and processed and pushed through for a time, pressure and things like that. So it's, it's just very different. And what I'm looking for is to highlight, showcase the flavours that are naturally in the beans. And as I mentioned, that can change slightly from year to year, even if you're buying them from the same farms. And um, I actually want to celebrate that, whereas I think industrial type chocolate is very flattened out in the flavour profile and they're looking to make the same chocolate year in, year out. So um, that would be, yeah, a big, one of the big differences. Like all small food artisans, Michelle started small, but Zococo is now available Australia-wide. A lot of the product goes to, say, um, hotels um, and uh, serves, like, fairly sort of premium, like uh, Qualia at Hamilton Island and um, a number of hotels in Sydney um, and then to gourmet stores, um, cafes, uh, we do a, a drinking chocolate range, so we sell a lot of that to, to a number of cafes. Um, we also have uh, a, a select number of products in a small number of Woolworths stores. Um, they've 
introduced a sort of an up category um, and asked us to be part of that. And that's only happened in the last 12 months. So it's quite new to us. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's, a, there's a, a range of places. Because her chocolate epitomises the origin and season, every chocolate in her range is so different. I guess first I'd like to say, are you a dark chocolate person or a milk chocolate person? <laughs> if you're a dark chocolate person, no, it's like, try this. And it's it'll be probably the Tranquilidad bean from Bolivia. Um, it's just it's a very special bean in terms of it's actually uh, where it grows. It's um, the plants are growing on very small. It's like a marshland type area, and there's little little areas of land just popping up above the waterline, and it'll be on those sort of small islands that the the plants are naturally growing and they're very much smaller than a normal cacao tree um, which then means the pods are smaller and then the beans are smaller so they're actually quite hard to work with from a chocolate maker's point of view Um, but it's so worth it they're just full of intense like deep raisin notes and like um, plum pudding fruit notes uh, with a little bit of red berry um, and it's just yeah um, so much going on and then it's sort of for me it's like when you have that fresh chocolate it's sort of really dancing in your mouth um, and then chocolate actually changes and ages over time like wine um, and it's not it's not a good or bad it's just it'll be different and often like when it's when we've just made chocolate it's almost it's too fresh like it's too much <laughs> there's so much going on and it's a little bit overpowering for because most people are used to you know it's um industrial type chocolate that's very flat and as i said sort of um the same all the time and doesn't have a lot of that um intense city going on so um it's it can be quite challenging but i find then after a couple of weeks the chocolate like settles down and it melds the flavors start to meld together and and it just becomes this amazing experience if you slow down and just taste it really slowly because also we generally eat chocolate just by scoffing it and not really thinking about it too much but if you take the time and slow right down and and just take a small piece and savor it it's it's a very different experience um so yeah that's that's the way i'd be describing my chocolate after building an incredible brand of chocolate it's now the collaborations with like-minded food artisans that's become a focus for michelle oh what's next <laughs> yeah it always feels like there's something next um you know i've done some fun collaborations we're just on a christmas bar with peppy sayer um so we've in- incorporated um some browned butter into a milk chocolate bar added um toasted sliver of almonds and candied orange soaked in rum and the raisin soaked in rum it's just like and it's actually all the flavors of a panettone like the christmas cake italian cake um so that's our special for christmas and um, I think going forward, yeah, more collaborations with other people who are, you know, um, like <laughs> loving their product and their food the way we do. Um, and then just kind of reinventing and refreshing our range is, is on the horizon for next year as well. Michelle's journey from bean to bar has unlocked a drive and enthusiasm for excellence that truly honours the bean. 
you don't realize what it's going to be like until you're actually doing it. And once you're doing it, like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and then at the same time realizing, oh, I'm a small business owner and it's like you've got all these other hats on as well and trying to juggle everything. Um, so, yeah, you sort of once you're in it, you realize, oh, okay. But it, it, to, to me, it's still amazing to be involved with something that's grown from the ground and it's come from the earth and can be different and change with the seasons or the the um, weather of, of that particular time and and speaking it just gives you something from where it's from and I think that's what's really beautiful about it to me and that it's sort of yeah it it tells a story from where it was grown, the people who who picked it and, and then looked after it and fermented it and dried it um, and then sent it to us and then we're trying to care for it and with the same like level of respect and looking after it and to, to actually showcase and go, look, this is this is the best this this bean can be and we're trying to, you know, really honour the bean, I guess. The journey of Zococo is an extraordinary one, but Michelle's commitment to the origin and the very best techniques has resulted in one of the world's best chocolates. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.